Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Good News. This is Deacon Al. I'm a permanent deacon in the Peoria Diocese, serving uh, a couple parishes here in Bloomington. Something we talked about a couple weeks ago, and I just want to do a a quick wrap-up on it. Um, We talked about uh, Holy Trinity Church downtown Bloomington had uh, on display for a couple of weeks um, a a national traveling exhibit called Man of the Shroud, uh, which was uh, regarding the Shroud of Turin. And hundreds of people came from all over uh, Illinois. And I, I hope you had a chance to come see it. If you didn't, uh, it's going to be up in Washington, Illinois, uh, for the next couple of weeks. You may uh, check your local church bulletins and see exactly where it is and, and go see it. It's a tremendous display. It's very thought-provoking. It's it's very emotional. And I learned even more about the Shroud. I thought I knew quite a bit about it going into it, uh, but I learned even more about it. One thing I really liked, nowhere in in the whole description does it say, this is the burial cloth of Jesus. It doesn't make that statement. It says, this is the burial cloth of a man who was severely tortured and crucified. If it's not Jesus, I don't know who it is, because it takes, it very logically walks you through the process of here are the wounds that uh, scientists no, I mean, they can prove is on this shroud. Uh, scientifically, medically, they, they're, this is a very detailed display. Um, they can even tell you how many people flogged him and where they were standing and what posture he was in by the angles of the marks and the depths, uh, the amount of, bl- of blood, by the, uh, the angle of, of the flogging. They can tell you that it was, it was two people on either side, that he was uh, tied to a pillar. They can see this by marks on the wrist, um, that he was crouched over. It's really amazing the amount of detail this takes you in. Uh, they can show blood stains around the, the forehead from um, uh, puncture wounds, well, the crown of thorns. And there's no other uh, record other than Scripture of anyone who's been crucified that has that was had a crown of thorns placed on their head, and there's just so many other parallels between the markings on this shroud and scripture that if it's not Jesus, who is it? Um, but the shroud itself is what I find fascinating because it's they give you can see microscopic close-ups. This is not this is not done with paint. Uh, this is not done with stain. This is the scientists, and this is not the church. This is independent scientists tell the church this is a photograph, a three-dimensional photograph made on linen, which is not a photographic media. So this took incredible light to, to do this. And the only method they can figure out to do it is with cold laser. Well, I don't care if you if you say, well, this was discovered in the 14th century or rediscovered in the 14th century and goes all the way back to the first century. Um, it really doesn't matter because there was no, there were no cold lasers till the 20th century. So we know, I mean, we have historic records of this being viewed back in the 1300s and even earlier. So 
there's no way this could have been made with cold lasers. So how is it made? Who was it and how was it made? So it's just, this, it's a fabulous mystery. And the number of scientists who have looked at this and who have tested this and the results on it, um, so well documented. It was just fascinating. But And one of the things that touched me the most was we're all familiar with uh, the image of the crucifix. And there's so many different versions of the crucifix, uh, the body of Christ on the cross. Uh, but they're also very sanitized. What they have here as part of this program is a life-size replica of a crucifixion of a man that matches the um, wounds shown on the cloth. And it's heartbreaking. And it's just heartbreaking. So here's a full-size image of, of this crucified body with the crown of thorns and all of the wounds shown on the shroud. It's not a crucifix you would ever see displayed in a church. Um, it's because the amount of destruction that's been done to this body is horrific. Um, and it just, it really, it brought tears to my eyes to see this. And, and I have to admit, I'm, when it, I'm very emotional about, about the crucifix um, and about crucifixion. I, I, had, I had trouble holding back tears at uh, in, in watching films, even from a child watching King of Kings with uh, Jeffrey Hunter. I mean, who wouldn't believe in a, a blue-eyed blonde Jesus, right? Um, but still, the, the moment of, of being nailed to the cross. And in that film, they just show you a shadow of the hammer coming down. I, as a child, I cried thinking about, even if this wasn't God, if this was just another human being, how could we do something like this to another human being? Uh, and then seeing um, Mel Gibson's movie, right, of, of uh, the crucifixion, of the passion, uh, watching that, it's, it's really, it was hard for me uh, to fight back tears seeing the, just the brutality of what, of what we did to Jesus. And again, that's putting, even putting faith aside. I mean, I believe, of course, that this, is, this was God and, and God incarnate and that we would take our creator and do this to him. But if this were just a man, just an ordinary man, never convicted of a single crime, and yet we flogged him until the skin was hanging from his bone and then nailed him to a cross, uh, ran him through with a, a spear into his heart. Um, it's just horrific to think we could we could do this to another human being. So it's a it's a it's a fascinating display. It's it's a very emotional display. If if you're at all interested in the merger of science and religion, this is a this is a fantastic study, and and worth your time. Uh, it's it's a free display. They they have a, a donation basket at, at the end of it. Uh, but there's no cost to get in to see it. It's sponsored largely by Knights of Columbus. It travels the country. Um, and it's it's worth your time. It takes about, if you do the whole program, it takes probably an hour and a half because there's a 50-minute video uh, that, that's part of it. But if you don't do the video and you just uh, look at the, at the many uh, display items that they have and then spend some time uh, looking at the replica of the shroud, 
and spend some time before the crucifix uh, in adoration. Um, give yourself an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, you won't be sorry. It's it's just a fascinating display. And we are very fortunate to have it here in town. And I understand Holy Trinity is working on some other national traveling displays that they're, that they're going to be uh, bringing in uh, this year or early next year. And so I look forward uh, to what else uh, they offer. So thank you, uh, Dave Liptak at Holy Trinity for uh, making this display possible. It was it was fascinating. And I know I was just one of hundreds of people who, who came to see it. So that's my, my little follow-up on Man of the Shroud, uh, the story of the Shroud of Turin. Uh, we had a question come up, and, and I've had a number of people ask me about this, and I think we've talked about it maybe a year ago, but it's, it's worth talking about again. Uh, that's because May is the month of Mary. And so I've had people ask, why, does, uh, why do Catholics worship Mary? And I, th- I think that deserves a few minutes uh, of our time. Be very careful with how you use the word worship. Uh, worship comes in, in a variety of, of levels, just like love. We talk about love. Uh, I love a good cheeseburger. Well, I love my wife, but I don't love them the same way. You know, when I say I love the cheeseburger or I love the color blue, um, and and I love I love a good song, it doesn't mean I love them in the same way. Love has many different uh, levels of, of understanding. Uh, in the Greek, they had uh, five uh, different ways of saying love. So the the love you have for a family member and the love you have. Uh, for a wife is very different. Uh, the love you have, like say, for a cheeseburger is different than the love you have for your parents. And so they had a different word for each type of love, where we tend to just use one word. We, we sometimes do that with, with worship and prayer, and we use them interchangeably, and that's really not the case. Uh, worship is something totally different. They say, well, why do you why do you pray to Mary? Because in the Ten Commandments, it says you should only pray to God. No, it doesn't says you should only worship God. Pray comes from the word plea. It's, it's, it's a, you're, you're asking, you're requesting, you're begging. So the, the commandments don't say you should only plea toward, to God. So we use prayer and worship very differently. We use the word reverence and worship to mean very different things. So as Catholics, we only worship God. We have a level of worship that is reserved for God alone, just like you have a level of love that's reserved only for your spouse. We have a level of worship that is only used for God. But we also have reverence for saints. Uh, we have reverence for saints because we appreciate the, the fact that they uh, live their lives in such close communion with Christ. They're, they're kind of our hall of fame, our all-stars, you know, we have you have people that you look up to in certain sports. Michael Jordan in basket. You immediately think of basketball, you know, or some of the other basketball stars, whether it's Kobe or whoever. But you think they're these are the ultimate in the sport. Well, we have people who we look at as being the ultimate in disciples, the ultimate in 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 followers of Christ, and we call them saints. Uh, basically, a, a saint is any soul. In heaven is a saint. We have canonized saints, and that's that's a whole different category. But any any soul in heaven is a saint. In fact, it's the mission of the Catholic Church to make saints of all of humanity, and we want everyone to be a saint. We want everyone to get to heaven. 
So we, we look at these people's lives who lived really lives of heroic virtue when it comes to their dedication to Christ. And we point to them as examples. Well, who better an example of all the saints than the life of Mary? And so we have this level of, of reverence for saints, and we have a level in between worship and the reverence for saints. We have this special reverence that we reserve for, our, for Mother Mary. So we don't worship her, but absolutely we revere her. Absolutely we pray to her. And they say, well, how can you pray to saints? Well, have you never said to a friend, I'm going in for surgery, pray for me? Well, if you can, if you can ask your friend, your neighbor, to pray for you, maybe another family member, why can't we ask our friends to pray for us? Well, we ask the saints. We, we view them as our friends in faith. You say, well, they're dead. Well, how can you be a Christian and say they're dead? If you're a Christian, you believe in life after death. You say that after, you know, we believe that after we die, you spend an eternity life in heaven or an eternal death in hell. So if we can ask our living friends on earth to pray for us, we can ask our living friends in heaven to pray for us. And again, who, bet, who better to ask than Mary? I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, I dated. I, I had a number of different girlfriends, and I, I learned early on. And in fact, I, I have to admit, I learned this from my father. Always make friends with the parents. If you, if you want to have a good relationship with, with the young lady, have a good relationship with her parents. Well, you want to have a good relationship with Jesus? Doesn't hurt to have a good relationship with his mom and dad, right? With the Holy Spirit and with Mary. And that's why we, we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our, in, our, in our faith lives. That's why we have Mary in our faith lives. Doesn't hurt to be on good grounds with Jesus' mom, if you want to be and have a good relationship with Jesus. And so we, we make pleas to Mary. We, we, make, we, we beg Mary for her intercession with, with her son. Uh, it makes perfect sense as long as you realize they're alive. If you think they're dead, no. Who would, who would ask someone who is inanimate, who, who is without the ability to act, to do something for you? But we believe that the, the saints in heaven are alive. And they have the ability to act and to animate. And so we turn to them as well as to Jesus. It's not that we go to one instead of the other. We go to everybody. We, we ask everybody for help. Uh, when I need help, I ask everybody. I ask my friends. I ask my wife. I ask uh, Mary. I ask Jesus. I ask Paul, my patron saint. I talk to everybody because uh, it doesn't hurt to have help in this life. So that's that's why the month of Mary, we, we put a lot of focus on, on or the month of May, we put a lot of focus on Mary, and and rightly so, because she's the mother of our Lord, and he gave her to us through John as he hung on the cross. When he gave John Mary as John's mother, he gave Mary to us as a, our mother as well. And so take, take some time this month to, uh, to spend time with Mary. We'll be back to talk about the gospel and the readings of this uh, Ascension Sunday right after we get back from these messages. Stay tuned. Good news will be right back on Catholic Spirit Radio. Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks, others use credit cards. 
But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to CatholicSpiritRadio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS. Welcome back to Good News. This is Deacon Al. You, one of these days, we're going to let the, the, the recording run during the break so that you can hear the discussions that John and I have. <laughs> and, oh, I'm, it's not that we can't say them on the air. It's just that I would need an hour program in order to do it because we, we get into some, some heavy stuff and, and some of the stuff is funny. Hey, I have to share a story with you. I, I don't have a lot of time left, but I, I have to share this story. So I'm I'm getting ready for a vacation down the road. It's next year, but it's it's to a place where it's to a, a, a national park. And if you've ever made reservations to stay at a national park, you have to make them more than a year ahead of time. It's it's hard because there's not a lot of rooms. So we're looking to, to stay at a national park sometime next year. So it became it, it came to be the other just a couple nights ago the first night that I could call to make the reservation for late late next year. And you don't get the park itself or the hotel itself. You get a call center. So I get a call center in New Delhi, somewhere, somewhere out out in, in those those that neck of the woods, right? A, a lovely lo- young lady uh named Jennifer, she said. And uh Jennifer spoke with a, a heavy uh New Delhi uh dialect which wasn't always easy to understand, but she was very helpful and she was very kind. But what was funny was it's obvious that she's not in this country and it's obvious she doesn't fully understand uh, how our hotels work. So we get to the point where she's going to uh, run through the amenities of the room. So she says, so Mr. Uh, Mr. Al, you have... Uh, uh, a king for four nights, and she listed the nights. And uh, she said, "You have uh, you have a, a microwave and a refrigerator, and it's non-smoking. Do you have any other questions?" And I said, "Pets, meaning are there animals in the room? Because I have allergies." So I, when she said it was a non-smoking room, I said, "Pets," and. She says, let me look. And she comes back a moment later and she says, uh, no, you'll have to bring your own. <laughs> my wife was trying to keep, we're on speakerphone and my, my wife is trying to muffle her laughter. No, you'll have to bring your own. And if you do, it will be another $25 a night. <laughs> so evidently this, whole, this hotel, as nice it is, as it is, does not supply pets. You have to bring your own. So... <laughs> Who'd have thought? So anyway, I just that was just the cute story I wanted to share because that's the kind of stuff John and I talk about off the air, uh, not necessarily related to the gospel. But this weekend is Ascension Sunday. It's actually Ascension Thursday. All right, so we celebrate Ascension fifty days uh, after uh, after the resurrection, which puts it on a Thursday. The resurrection's on a Sunday, so this happens on a Thursday. But in some countries, it's celebrated on Thursday, and in some it's celebrated on Sunday. In some parts of the U.S., it's celebrated on Thursday, and in some parts of the U.S., it's celebrated on Sunday. Is that decided by parish? Nope. 
Is it decided by diocese? Nope. It's state by state. So there's actually, within each state, there's a conference of dioceses. There's a a, a, a committee of, of diocesan representatives. They decide on some of these feasts what day within the state the feast will be celebrated. So in Illinois, we celebrate Ascension Thursday on, on the following Sunday. So this Sunday is Ascension Sunday, which means we're about finished with, with Easter season. It, it will finish next, uh, the next weekend with uh, Pentecost, and we'll go back into ordinary time. But that's a whole other discussion. So anyway, we're, we're, we're tying up, we're starting to, to tie up the end of the Easter season with the Ascension of our Lord. So it makes perfect sense that that be uh, toward the wrap-up of, of Easter. So we've dealt with the Passion, with the Crucifixion, with the Resurrection, with uh, Jesus coming back and making appearances, both publicly and privately with the Apostles. And now he's preparing, preparing the Apostles for uh, his exit again, which is really upsetting to the Apostles because here their friend who they've spent three years— of their life with, they've watched him die. Then they've watched him come back and they spent time with him again. And now he says, but I'm leaving again. And they're not real happy about this. They're, they're feeling like they were, they were, they were top of the game and then they were lost. And then, Oh, our leader's back. We're going to be fine. And now he's saying, Nope, going, I'm leaving again. And they feel they're, they're going through this yo-yo of emotions and they're not really happy about this. So what we have in, in our gospel uh, this Sunday is uh, basically Jesus' farewell. And it comes from the gospel of Luke. And it says, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it was written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands and blessed them. And he blessed them. As he blessed them, he parted from them as was, and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. So as I say, this, this is his farewell uh, talk. He's, he's recapping what's happened. I told you this was going to happen. This shouldn't be news to you. You've, you've heard me say that, that I would be crucified, that I would be, that I would be tortured, that I would be crucified, that I would die, but I would rise from the dead. So you've seen this now. I told you this was happened, and you've witnessed it. And the, the reason that's important is this is Jesus reminding them that everything I've told you is true. It's not just these few things, but you've witnessed everything. You've witnessed all my preaching, the forgiveness of sins, the healing of, of the cripples and, of the, and, and the feeding of the hungry, and just everything I've done, you've witnessed. And so now you are the ones who are going to go forth and take this witness to the world. This is now your task, but don't go yet. So this is what pretty much what he's saying is this is going to be your job. But wait before you start, because I'm sending you help. So he's preparing them for what's going to happen next Sunday, for Pentecost, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes. And he tells them that when the Holy Spirit arrives, it's going to remind them of everything 
that Jesus has taught them for the last three years. And that's why we can trust in the gospel, because it's being driven by, by this power from the Holy Spirit. That they remembered every word and every lesson uh, that Jesus taught uh, during his ministry. And so now he sends them off. And when he does, if you read the, this last portion of this, re- hear this again. Then he raised his hands and blessed them. And as he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. This is the end of the Mass. This is the dismissal of the Mass. The priest raises hands and blesses everyone and says, go in peace and, and spread the word of the gospel. And people are happier. If you've ever really paid attention at Mass, even to your own family, you're happier. Not that Mass is over, but you're happier because of what was gained during the Mass, this good news of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, people always leave happier than they arrive. There's more There's more chattering among the faithful after Mass than there is before. Uh, that's because we're changed. And now we've received, just like in, in the Gospel, we've received the blessing, and now we, we head out to spread the Word of God back into the world, just as the apostles were sent to do. So we become part of this living legacy. We are... We are the disciples of Christ now, the same disciples that he had when he when he spread his ministry. We now are part of that legacy. We're part of that succession. And we're expected to do, to do the same thing that he expects the, the, the apostles to do, which is to spread the love and the joy of Christ to all the world. So this is really exciting. Ascension Sunday uh, should be, and, and Pentecost, should be a revitalization of our own faith, knowing that we know now through these readings, we know that what Christ taught is true and that it was all true. And not only did the original apostles witness it, we've witnessed it through through the scriptures. And now we're being sent out to uh, to continue that legacy. And and what a what a great reason for joy in our own lives to be part of this marvelous story. As always, it's been wonderful spending time with you. I want to remind you, if you have a question about your your faith, whether it be Catholic or or any faith, Christian, non-Christian, and you want to know where the Catholic Church, uh, what the Catholic Church thinks or how they answer these questions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to take your questions and answer them here on the air, especially if it, if it helps you build a closer relationship with Christ. So we invite you to write us here at Catholic Spirit Radio at our, our mailbag that we have, our email bag, which is goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. And if you will send us your questions, we would be happy to talk them, talk about them here on the air. Next week, we have uh, special guests in the studio. Uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, members from uh, Tech Teens Encounter Christ, a wonderful program that has shut down for over two years because of covid the doors are open again, and we're very excited that uh, that this summer there's going to be a, a tech weekend, and we would love to have uh, teenagers attend it. So we've got some members of the tech team coming in to tell us more about that. So until we see you uh, speak with you next weekend, uh, we hope that you have a wonderful week, and may God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. Amen. God bless. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. 
Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.